Today on CityCast Philly, we are in a crisis. As of November 2nd, more than 2,000 Philadelphians have been both non-fatal and fatal victims of gun violence. That's according to city data. So what happens after a shooting? Today, I'm speaking with someone who is actively working on connecting Philadelphians with resources after experiencing traumas of gun violence. It's Monday, November 7th, 2022. I'm Trinae Nuri, and this is CityCast Philly. Afia Tucker, you're the Philadelphia engagement reporter for The Trace, a nonprofit news organization that is solely dedicated to covering gun violence across the country. You recently published a piece posing the question, Philly, what do you want to know about gun violence? Afia, what what is The Trace's mission or goal in Philadelphia? Well, I I don't want to overreach, but I I believe right now our true mission is to create impactful content that um, Philadelphians need to bring different perspectives also to the table, to uplift voices who may often go unheard. We are exclusively dedicated to reporting on the gun violence crisis that our country is facing. And in Philadelphia, um, we want to talk not just about the crisis, but what can we do from a solution-based standpoint, how we can bring solutions to the table. Right. And Afia, you were born and raised in Philly. And 15 years ago, something happened to your family that really shaped the work that you do at The Trace. Can you tell me what that was? Sure, absolutely. So um, about 15 years ago, my brother and a group of his friends were outside of my mother's home. And the group of guys got into a conflict earlier. They came back to my mother's home and the person who they got into an issue with came by and shot my brother's friend. Oh. And um, when I was, I was talking to my mother recently about this to make sure that she was comfortable with even, you know, sharing the information and being as open about it. But she thought it was really important that I did share, you know, And my mother was left with a choice ultimately to drag the young man in the house so that the folks wouldn't come back for him. And they they carried him to the front of the home. And she says that she just didn't want to leave him there and not knowing if he was going to live and die. It's just blood everywhere. Uh, So my mom wound up ultimately taking the young man to the hospital um, because she said it just took a really long time for an ambulance or the police to come. And what ultimately happened was it it shaked up all of our, you know, our world that day because it was my brother's friend and he was involved in a sense because he was there. And um, my mother's home became a crime scene. She couldn't use her vehicle either because there was an investigation and, you know, she wound up staying with me for some time until she was able to come back there. But I, I, I and your son was also in the home as well. My son was in a home, which was a scary thing. It was other children in a home. I have a sister that's one year older than my son. So then he was five. She was six. And um, it affects everybody because 
They could have retaliated against my mother. They could have, you know, came back and continued shooting from the back to the front of the home. But she said she still, when she talks about it, can see it vividly. And all she remembers is just blood everywhere. And um, I worked with the Trace as a consultant about a year ago. And I worked on a resource guide called Up the Block. And I had learned that there was victim compensation services that I'd, I'd never heard of before. And uh, one thing that struck out to me is that you can get reimbursement for cleanup. Okay. So, you know, as I was putting a piece together and just making a connection, I'm just like, who cleans up? Who wipes down the steps? You know, who cleans up the blood? Who's left with the aftermath of um, a traumatic situation like a, a shootout? And I think that's why Up the Block is so crucial because we have agencies where people can go to and they can get help. You know, I've um, more recently, I had a family member who unfortunately had a similar situation at her home and her children were the ones who were left with the cleanup, the aftermath, right? So um, I was a young woman in a Chinese store down the street from my mother home who had to run for my life because a guy walked into the store and he decided that day he was going to rob the store. And we didn't. Me and my sister was there. I ran out of my shoes. I mean, somebody comes in and pull out a gun. What do you do? And um, Afia, that's like extremely traumatic. It is. It is. And um, but it's something how we're trained to keep moving and keep pressing forward. And it wasn't really till I had this opportunity that I was like, wow, you know, I've been impacted by gun violence since I was nine years old. And it was like, it never stopped. And um, where did I go for help, right? We talk about it to each other. Right. And I don't want to say a blanket statement, like we're not, but I'm going to say what my family did. We didn't take advantage of the resources that are available. And I know that there are more resources now than what it was then. And that's why I am... Is it because you didn't know about them or...? We didn't know about them. Right. We didn't know. I don't recall anyone giving anyone a pamphlet. You know, I asked my mother, I said, well, mom, did, did anyone give you a list of phone numbers? Did they direct you anywhere? And she was like, no, you know. So you're left to kind of figure it all out yourself. Yes, that is true. I mean, to to find out through my work with the Trace that there were agencies that provide free counseling, free therapy, that is so needed. You know, I just wanted to hit ground running and just say, hey, we have a one-stop shop and place for you to go to try to help you put the pieces back together, try to help you get the help that you need. Afia, you're doing a survey right now asking people what they would like to know about gun violence in Philly. And what's also interesting is that a lot of the questions you ask also focuses on how the media covers this issue. Um, and from what we understand, The Trace is a nonprofit news outlet. So how do you think gun violence should be covered in Philly? Well, my first thought, and I shared this with the newsroom that I work with, I think we have to be a little bit more empathetic to the families, the victims, and everyone who is involved. I would like to see and learn more 
about the people, humanizing these stories again. So we're not being desensitized. We're not getting used to it. Oh, well, this is just what happens around the way. This is not what should be happening. We should not normalize this. And I think in telling these stories, we can dig a little bit deeper. But um, we're, we're not giving everyone that opportunity to share their story and express how they feel. And I'm not saying that newsrooms aren't doing that now. But what I'm saying is I think we need a little bit more. You know, we need a, a little bit more than just this happened right now, the trauma, right? But what happens to the people afterwards? Are we following up with victims, survivors, um, their families, with students, with young people? Are we engaging enough with young people? So I hope that in my reporting and my role that I can tell the story and in a way that makes people want to help to further find solutions, keep the conversation going, bring awareness, but also talk about um, preventative methods and what we can do to really strengthen our communities. Well, Faye, do you mind me asking, you know, how your mother is doing now? She's good. My editor asked ask the same thing because we, we have these conversations and I, I tell her, I, I lean on my mother often and um, she's good. She's fine. She's comfortable. Um, does it still affect her? Yes. You know, she told me the other day that um, she still thinks about it and she's sad and she gets sad sometimes, but um, it's not interfering with her day-to-day life. But there was a point in time where it did interfere with her productivity. It did interfere with her being able to feel joy the way that she used to feel it before she was, um, you know, she she lost loved ones to violence, to gun violence. But one of the things that she said to me is that, you know, she's glad she gets to talk about it because sometimes we don't talk about these things enough. We, you know, we, we do what we have to do. We hear that a lot and we do what we have to do. We go to work, we go back to school. We, we try to be as strong as possible. Strong, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't have to have, have, to have that type of pressure. Um, Afia, I did ask about your mother, but I also want to know how you're doing because you have to balance these traumas and experiences that you personally have gone through, you've seen your family members go, go through, and also you're helping other community members in the city kind of navigate. Um, how do you balance all of that as well? Um, well, balancing is still a work in progress. But um, I have a great team and a great support system. And when it's time to log off, it's time to log off. And I um, that. <laughs> and they have to get on me about that. Like, hey, are you signing off? It's time. <laughs> the, the the work sometimes can be heavy. And um, I'm I'm good, right? I'm okay. I have my days. I think we all have our days. Um when you deal with a trauma like this, you um, it don't just go away. You you learn how to continue to move on, but you try to do that in a healthy way. At least for me, I, sometimes I cry, but I think that's healthy to do that to to get that out. And I can call my mom, I can call my sister, I can call my auntie, I can, you know, lean on my cousins. And, you know, we, we've we all been through it. It can be haunting to a sense. But um, I think 
would help me be able to still be productive, to be able to move on, to be able to have these conversations um, and do so in a healthy way is that I, I have a good support system and um, my family and God, honestly, and I, I um, that should have been the first thing I said if it had it not been for my faith. That's really what gets me through. That gets me through my mm-hmm. darkest days. Afia, if someone wants to make a difference or see change in their neighborhood in terms of combating the issue of gun violence, what's the best way to start to get involved? Well, I have some suggestions. Number one, change starts with us, right? So look at yourself. What am I doing? How am I contributing? What I can do? I heard something the other day at a gun violence panel discussion, and it was like, everybody can do something. And that is true. Whether it's just getting to know your neighbors. Hey, how you doing? Speaking to people you don't know. That might sound trivial. Like, what is she talking about? But that builds community, right? So growing that community, growing that village, sharing the information. Sometimes we don't always do the best job at sharing what we know, but maybe that goes back to not being connected with the people in our community. Um, but I'm referring back to Up the Block because we vetted these organizations. Mm-hmm. I was a part of the early process. I called the agencies. I interviewed them. I made sure that the information was accurate. Let people know, do you know what's Up the Block? There's there's resources in terms of there can be funding if you need it, if you qualify for it. There is counseling. There are, are there are group therapy. There are, you know, all gun locks if you need them. All types of different information. We have to talk to each other. We have to share the information. It's, it's different now, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, now we have to talk about what kind of change we want to see, actionable change. How do we make that happen? Um, what what kind of solutions? Just, I mean, suggest anything, but suggest something more than complain about something, right? We put the survey out, it's a call to action to get honest feedback. I want people to go to the website. Of course, I want people to look at Up the Block and share the word, but tell me what's missing from Up the Block. Tell me if you don't like it. Well, why don't you? What can we do to improve this, to make this better for the people here in Philadelphia if we if we do less pointing fingers and more of coming together, we can create a change. Afia Tucker, Philadelphia engagement reporter for The Trace. Thank you so much for joining me on CityCast Philly and for sharing your story. Thank you, Trinae. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. Thanks. We'll have links in our show notes for Afia's survey and the gun violence resources she's collected for Up the Block. And here's what else Philly's talking about. You may have noticed a new art installation in West Philly. Affirmation Avenue is a collection of street signs with positive affirmations. It's founded by two Black Philadelphia teachers, Brittany Jennings and Kristen Kelly. And with a collaboration with Mural Arts, these street signs have encouraging messages like grow legacy and relax, relate release. According to the Inquirer, these signs are on 52nd Street between Market and Pine Streets, inside Malcolm X Park, and outside the Laura Sims Skatehouse. 
And finally, there's a stretch of the Wildwood Boardwalk that's getting refurbished. According to NBC10, the $6.5 million multi-year project stretches five blocks between Maple Avenue up to the border with North Wildwood. And officials say the new wood will last longer than the previous wooden boards that date back more than a century. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Bye.